Okay, Jake, would you come, please? Appreciate this, brother. He's a good man. Hi. How is everybody? When pastor asked me to do the exhortation today, I instantly knew what God wanted me to talk about. But in the process of thinking about how to talk about it, I started to think, are you sure you want me to talk about that? It's, it's not something our culture really has space to talk about. It's not something we really do. And he gave me confirmation that, yeah, I'm supposed to talk about it. Even though I had all these fears of what if I don't have the right scriptures or what if it just doesn't hit with everybody. And I think that was just me trying to wriggle out of it, which is more reason that I should probably talk about it. And that is the wounds that we carry with us and the effect that they have on us and other people around us. And that led me to specifically the vocabulary of shame and vulnerability and the roles that they play in our lives. So first I wanted to read a section out of Luke 6, starting in verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Skipping down a few verses. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. So... God pointed out to me a specific part of my testimony that I felt he wanted me to share and then just tell you about the effects that it's had on my life and then just ask some questions about it because I think we all have situations that are relatable. So um, growing up, I had a friend who I'll call Bob. And I became friends with Bob in fifth grade and we were friends through about ninth grade. And I used the term friend kind of loosely because in retrospect, he was a really bad friend. He, <laughs> he was, specifically towards me, he was incredibly unkind and verbally abusive, publicly and privately, and that went on for about four years. And you might think, well, why would you stay in that kind of friendship for four years? That seems kind of stupid. And in some respect, I'd say you're right, but at that point in my life, I didn't have the tools or the capacity to identify what was going on. So I just stayed there. I just thought, he's my friend. So then after ninth grade, I was able to be like, you know, something's not right here. I think I'm, I think I'm done here. So I had another friend. Well, first let me talk about one of the three effects that I want to touch on, on how that affected me. One of them was after four years, especially at that age, I started to believe some of the things that they said about me. And I say they because, you know, there's one kid that's being verbally abusive, so all the other kids will just hop on the bandwagon because it's the cool thing to do. So I started to believe things that they said, and that, that created a platform in me, a foundation for shame to exist. And I want to differentiate between guilt and shame because we kind of use them interchangeably. Guilt is I did something, and shame is I am something. So one of the second effects came out with another friend that I had, and I'll call him Timmy. Timmy I was friends with from fifth grade, basically through senior year. 
And I realized that it was probably my junior year of high school. I realized that I had become Bob to Timmy. All of that shame and hurt that Bob was offloading onto me, I was offloading onto him. And it's not offloading like you have a box and you just pass it along. You're making something new. So I was creating more shame and hurt in another person. The third effect was for a while, I lost the capacity to be vulnerable because I'd been hurt by what somebody else did. I said, I'm not going to do that again. And the reason that happened to me was because I was open and honest and willing to make bids for connection with people. So I'm just going to close that off. That's not going to happen. And it worked. <laughs> it didn't happen. But when you close off your capacity for connection with people, you can't be selective about it. You can't just close off the bad stuff. You're going to close off all the good stuff, too. So vulnerability is something that we don't really talk about a lot. And when we think about it, a lot of people have really negative connotations attached to it because it's often attached to hurt. But it's the birthplace of creativity. How are you going to introduce something new if you're not courageous enough to say, I have this new idea. That's a vulnerable thing. Or let me just read a list to you of, there's a shame researcher, shame and vulnerability researcher who's written a lot of books, a couple of which I've read. Her name's Brene Brown. And this is a list that people commonly say as times they feel vulnerable. Telling your family you lost your job. That's vulnerability. Being the first person to say, I love you being the first person to say, I'm sorry. Trying something new and failing. Asking for help. Simply being with another person that's in immense pain. We're real bad at that. Oh my goodness, we'll just give all kinds of, just do this, just fix it. And then that, that's us trying to feel better in the situation. It's not about the person. Trying to have a kid after a miscarriage. Yeah. Exercising when I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Talking about vulnerability and shame on Communion Sunday. That's not on the list. <laughs> so, God brought that to my attention while I was in high school because I realized I was doing that to Timmy because it had been done to me. And it wasn't until probably two years later that I was able to ask the next question, that process. I hurt someone because I was being hurt. So who hurt Bob? And then it was probably a year after that that I found out that Bob had been sexually abused as a kid. Yeah. And he had no capacity to handle that. So he just offloaded shame and hurt onto me. And I offloaded shame and hurt onto somebody else. So I was able to see this cycle of the different ways that people get hurt and then the different ways that it manifests in, in someone else and then in me. And that confronted me with a choice. Am I going to continue to close myself off to not be 
willing to make bids for connection with people because it's just too, too difficult or the risk is too high. And I think the reason God wanted me to talk about this today is that we all probably have a story that comes to mind that's similar somewhere that you were made fun of or made to feel lesser than or hurt somehow in some capacity. And I think that God wants to use this Communion Sunday as an opportunity to free us of those things that we've carried for a long time. Because we don't have a place to talk about it and we don't have the vocabulary to talk about it. And I wanna clarify something else. Vulnerability is not oversharing. Vulnerability requires good boundaries and trust. It's sharing those experiences with the people that have earned the right to be there. If they've shown you that they are trustworthy with those things, open up to those people. It's not just sharing everything, your whole past, with everyone that comes across, because that's not helpful for anybody. So you might, <laughs> you might think, well, I already dealt with that, or how could something that happened when I was a kid affect me now? That, that stuff stays with you. So I wanna just read another list of common ways that we armor up. And just think about if there are any of these that you see in yourself, because I know that I see these in myself. Even though God's already shown me these things and I've been able to work through it, I still have to work through it. Do I need to control everything that can come out of a place of fear? Because if I can't control other people or other circumstances, the things around me, then that can be a scary thing. Another telltale sign is, how do I treat people that I have power over? And every person in this room has power over somebody. Do you find yourself acting out of hurt or acting out of kindness? And it's important to process the things of our past because they stay the same memories unless we confront them. You're always gonna be running away from that same thing unless you turn around and face it and let God redeem it. And then it can become a different kind of story because the story's not over yet. God can change it from something that hurt you to something that can be helpful with other people. You can identify it and say, you know, that person's acting out. And instead of responding in kind, you can step back and say, why are they acting out? Or doing it with yourself. I'm being kind of irrational right now. Why am I doing that? Oh, that's a really sensitive spot for me. And upon further reflection, you might figure out, okay, that relates to something else. And I don't want to say that all of our actions are part of things that have happened to us, but they have a lot of bearing on the things that we do and the way we process things. I think about one of the things on the list was saying, I love you first. Being the first person to do that in a relationship. And the way that God did that with us, sending Jesus to die for us, is a huge bid for connection. He's saying, I want you, 
And how do we respond to that? A great gift merits a great response. If it's difficult or inappropriate to, or you're not sure how to be vulnerable with another person about something that you need to process, go to God with it. He wants us to be able to come to him with everything. He wants us to serve him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of it. I think that we just need to take some time, each one of us, to reflect. Maybe something's been brought to mind, or maybe something hasn't come to mind yet, and you just need to think about it. But ask that you just be willing to take this time to reflect and ask, am I operating out of hurt, or am I operating out of healing? What do I give to other people? And what do I give to myself? And that translates to whether you were hurt or whether you were hurting somebody else. Because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. All of us are equal and all of us have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Thanks, Jake, so much. And as the Lord deals with those things in our hearts individually today, I just want to encourage you to just have a quiet time with the Lord. Simple as that.